the Reality of Truth podcast. Let's go. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Welcome, friends, to another Monday Minutes. Today's topic is going to be bone broth. I know you've heard of it. We all have. But do you really know what it is and why it's good for you and how to consume it? What types to consume? Well, let's get into it. Bone broth is literally found in almost all cultures. I mean, throughout history, they find it everywhere, even going back as far as thousands of years, there's recipes. The 1600s, the French really made it popular. They started really using it. The wars were causing a lot of issues, so they needed to find a way to, well, let's say, add value to the little bit of food that they had. They didn't have a lot of meat, they didn't have a lot of like high density foods, high fat. They had small amount of animals and they had some vegetation. So they started boiling up all the stuff you couldn't eat. And hence they had bone broth. They added that to foods, voila. Add a little fat from whatever source they could find, butter or anything, and actually helped a lot of soldiers. Like I said, all the cultures around the world have utilized it in some form or another might be a fish broth. Sounds disgusting, but there's one of those. And what's cool about that, a lot of iodine. Kind of a useful thing. Those cultures that use a fish stock with the bones, using the heads, the whole thing, that is a really, really powerful food. Could be even more powerful than chicken or beef broth, dare I say. I did say. Now, we all know bone broth is used for all kinds of things, but the basic idea is nowadays we use it for disease and like basics for food, like stews and soups and things like that. But it doesn't have to be just as a medicinal food. Let's say you have digestive disorders. You can use it for multiple things. You could just sip on it. You know, when I first started into the health community, my friends used to drink vegetable broth and chicken broth. Not like these bone broth type, really heavy, just standard, regular chicken broth. I always thought it was kind of weird, but then it was sort of like, well, actually, they're sipping on something that's not tea, not coffee, not water, not juice or pop or something like that. They were actually enjoying something with a whole different type of flavor, being it savory. Well, anyway... So cultures around the world have been consuming these broths for millennia. They also used to take the bones and grind them up, powderize them, and then add those to the food so they could get all the minerals and the nutrition from the bones. Some cultures actually would culture them. I know. Sometimes this works out that way. You know what I mean? But yeah, they would culture their bones. That sounds totally disgusting. They would culture them so that they became super soft and they'd make a paste out of it. Oh, man. All right. But they were used to it. We're not here in modern society. Probably do it and you might find it's actually not that bad and could be quite tasty. You never know. So when I'm talking about broth at this episode, I'm not talking about vegetable broth or something like that. I'm talking about bone broth specifically. When you're making bone broth, you're using everything that's attached to the bones as well. Even like meat that you can't really chew. There's too much gristle or 
collagen, that kind of thing. You put it all in there. I mean, all of it. You use the whole animal. All kinds of stuff goes in there. And the more you put in, I would say the more benefits you get. If you used just the bones, you're only going to get what the bones can give you. You put other things in there, well, you're going to get the nutrients from those as well. The main things you get from bone broth is vitamins and minerals. Amino acids are arginine and glycine and proline, which those kind of make up what you know of as gelatin. Remember how we used to hear when we were kids that jello was the cartilage, the knees from cows? Well, that's true. It's more than just the knees. Nowadays, they use the skin and everything else that's cheaper than the cartilage that comes from the animal because the skin's not really worth anything, you know, unless it's really, really good skin. You can make leather out of it. But basically, they're using the cheapest portions of an animal now, which is kind of a detriment to bone broth. Now, here's the thing. In order to utilize the gelatin, you need vitamins A, D, E, and K. Now, for those of you that might not know this, those are all the fat-soluble vitamins. Yes, you need fat-soluble vitamins in order to utilize all the proteins that are in the gelatin, but also minerals as well, like might be also in that bone broth. So if you can add animal fats to the broth, you will amplify the nutritional absorption of that bone broth. Well, where can you get those? Hmm. You can get them from butter, <laughs> cream, dairy, anything dairy, basically. You want good quality dairy sources. Tallow, lard, they have to be animal source fats, though. You can't get those from vegetable sources. So why do you want gelatin from broth? Okay, so think about it like this. The gelatin which is the amino acids, they are in structures. Those structures are hydrophilic, which just means they hold water. When you take those in, it also brings in these structures. These structures then your body utilizes by breaking some of them down and some of them just uses them, holding that water. So essentially, it's nourishing you with water and these protein structures which make you more hydrophilic, which makes you hold water better. And I'm not talking about edema either. This is different. The reason why gelatin is so awesome for you is it works on your cartilage, your bones, your skin, your muscles, your heart, your digestive tract, and maybe uh, more importantly, your immune system. But the main one that it's good for is your gut health. So let me hit this really fast and we'll, we'll, we'll just power through this episode. We're going to make this minutes, remember? When you have good gut health, that means you stop leaky gut and ulcers and then you increase your digestion. If you can increase your digestion, then now you can properly digest the proteins from your food. These proteins contribute to healing you from asthma, diabetes, food allergies, osteoporosis, iron deficiency, anemia, pernicious anemia, candida, rheumatoid arthritis, intestinal infections, psoriasis, vitiligo, hives, eczema, dermatitis, acne, and the list goes on and on because all of those are associated with protein in your body. 
So if you can get the protein in your body plus all these other nutrients it has, then guess what? You keep away colds and flus, joint issues. And by the way, that's all forms of arthritis and joint inflammation. Standard inflammation, all disease and sicknesses, starts with being inflamed. And then from that point, everything is triggered. Tuberculosis, muscle diseases, a lot of different types. Infectious diseases, jaundice, cancer, diabetes, because protein management increases your ability to utilize sugars. Heart disease, that's done through the lipoprotein lowercase a pathway. We'll have an episode in the future about that. It helps detoxify your body, which to me, detoxification should be done under supervision and very slowly. And you better know what you're doing. Again, we're going to have a detox episode coming. You're not going to believe what I tell you about that. Wound healing, pregnancy and child health. They used to tell mothers to add broth to baby formula a long time ago. And in many cultures, they still do. They just automatically add it. Why? Because they already know it's so good for the baby. Why? Oh boy. Let me tell you. Those amino acids, glycine and proline, those are what make your baby grow proper in all areas. It's also anti-aging and stops the wasting diseases in elderly people. That's awesome. It's one of the most tolerated foods you can actually consume. So when you're sick or when you're elderly and you just can't eat or when you're just really debilitated, your body can handle bone broths. Isn't that amazing? Probably don't want to have them spiced up at that point. Just straight, unflavored, salted, that's it. It also works on liver issues, cleans out the liver, detoxifies it, builds it up. That's why it gets rid of the jaundice and bone health. Now, here's the thing. There's a concept in natural medicine called like for like. You want to heal your thymus, eat thymus. You want to heal your bones, get bone. You want to help your muscles, eat muscle. It's like for like. Why? Because those areas have the nutrients that make those things up and therefore they associate. One of the coolest things about bone broth is it acts like a protein sparer. It just means it helps with sparing protein breakdown in the body during like health crises. It does it through nitrogen pathways. So you can make your own or purchase non-pasteurized broth. That's really important. One of the ways to get it non-pasteurized is online or the freezer section of stores that actually have good food, you should never put it in the microwave. So if you're going to reheat it, you want to use a stove or something of that sort, maybe a double boiler, because if you put it in the microwave, it turns the proteins into neurotoxins. Oh yeah. Like detrimental to your liver, kidneys, and nervous system, like actual neurotoxins. Not good. There are tons of recipes online, but it's pretty basic. It's just the stuff I told you about earlier, bones and the parts, and there's so many recipes that teach you about this. But the main point of it would be the time. The time is what determines the type of broth. Chicken's going to be way faster than beef, etc. Should you use uh, spices or herbs? Well, that's up to you. Don't need them, but if you tolerate them, knock yourself out. But maybe add them after so not everyone has to eat the spices and herbs. Or think about it this way, maybe you just make it basic with just salt, 
then you can customize it each and every time you want to use it for a dish or soup or just want to drink it, you know, sip it as a beverage. So think about it. You make a broth out of whatever it is, and then you want to spice it to make it a chicken flavor, like a soup chicken flavor. Or you want to make it taste like an Indian dish or Mexican or Italian. You get the picture. Just you can make the flavor change whenever you want. You don't have to drink the same flavor broth all the time. Now, the salt should always be added after it's cooked. Water will evaporate out of there and concentrate salt, so you don't add salt to the very end. And by the way, never ever use white-colored salts. They should always be colored of some kind. Gray or pink or whatever color you love, just as long as it's colored. All right, that's it for today. The next episode's on Wednesday morning, and I think it's going to be thrilling, enlightening, and informative something we all deal with. And it also has a climax. All right, take care. If you want to contact me, my info is in the description box. Feel free to ask a question or suggest a topic, maybe some feedback, whatever. I look at every email and every comment, but please be constructive. I will not tolerate spam or rudeness or lewd comments. This is a place for healing and knowledge, not a negative space. If you want to read the transcript, it will be located on my website for each episode. It is therealityofhealth.com.